Welcome to Call Your Girlfriend, a podcast for long distance besties everywhere. She's Ann Friedman. She is Aminatu So. And we're back today. It's so fun to be back. We are back. And um, let me tell you the joy of saying like, we are not going to talk about ourselves today. We are going to let other people talk about their friendship. The joy is real. Um, (laughs) This is yet another episode in our Summer of Friendship series where we are hearing from other pairs of friends who happen to be podcasters about the events that have shaped their friendship, the stories they tell together, like about that friendship and the times that they have been challenged as friends. Man, I'm so sick of talking about us and (laughs) I never tire of hearing uh, other people tell their friendship stories. So, you know, selfishly, it's checking all the boxes for me, but, um, Everyone that we have on these on the series are total pros and are also just like the loveliest humans. Amazing. Who are we hearing from today? Well, today we are hearing from our dearest Camilla Blackett and Priyanka Matu of the Foxy Browns podcast. And um, here they are. I'm Camilla Blackett. I'm Priyanka Matu. And we're the hosts of Foxy Brown Podcast on Erios Network. It is a beauty and wellness podcast from the perspectives of two women of color. We are the women of color. Indeed. And we are also friends. We're also hey. real friends. Yeah. This is not purely a business relationship. <laughs> <laughs> the business is merely the seasoning on top of our on top of our relationship a sprinkling a sprinkling even yes we ca- we we record our catch-ups and we and we uh export them directly to a, a podcast near you um yeah. so today we were talking about our favorite topic our own friendship yes i'm gonna walk you through it and it's just so happy it makes us so happy it's like when you talk to babies about the day they were like, like when you talk to kids about the day they were born I've never done that. So fun. It's so fun. And um, you kind of understand what it feels like every time we talk about um, the day the day we met. So let's talk about how we met. Do you want to? We met on a general meeting, which if you are not a working writer in Los Angeles, a general meeting is basically something that your agents and managers send you on to go and have a completely vague meeting with executives and producers and actors all around town to just sort of introduce you to the, um, you know, to the industry and to people who you might want to work with. And usually these general meetings are pretty boring. Like, it's very rare that you have, like, a fun general. They're usually just... I've always described them as professional blind dates because it's just, like, it's a setup and you're hoping that, you know, you have chemistry and you might want to work on a project together. But that so very rarely happens with general. I think I can count on, like, three fingers exactly how many times that I have ended up doing a project off of a general. But I have, like, I can definitely 
count more times that I have met people who I've then had ongoing professional relationships with, but pre, I think, was the very first person that I had a general with in Los Angeles when I just moved here, who actually began a real friendship with. I had a head start because I, as the producer, I was producing at the time, uh, got to read one of your scripts. And that's just, that's an unfair head start because I read, (laughs) it's like I read the script, which was such, so your voice, um, and I felt like I knew you already, which is always a weird kind of, because we sit down, I've got a big smile on my face because you're already my best friend (laughs) in my mind, and you know nothing about me, nothing about me, so I'm just staring at you like three inches away from your face like we're going to be friends. And honestly, I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, your instincts are absolutely correct. And it's so funny because it was, um, I think it was when you were still, you were still working for Jack Black. And I just remember like, it was so confusing getting to the offices. It was like right in the middle of like Hollywood. And I'm still figuring out how to drive in Los Angeles. And it was just like chaos. And I just remember like coming into, you know, these very, very like cute offices and then like sitting down with you. And I just remember feeling very like, just very safe and just very taken care of. And like, I, I definitely feel like it was like, I don't know, I think the, the first impression I had of you was that you just felt like such a competent adult. And <laughs> I was like, ah, oh. <laughs> like the exhale was like palpable. And yeah, I mean, you just seem so very grown up and very sophisticated. And um, But it was, um, it's very difficult to pass um you know, between the, you know, the, the, the LA personalities, especially in a professional setting, and everyone's very enthusiastic, and it's to the point that it's mostly quite fake, and it just feels odd. Um, and I just remember just sitting down with you, and I was just like, you seem like a real person, and um, and you're just so smart, and I just, um, yeah, it was just like, and you just felt kind of you found a bit like home which I then obviously later found out that you also like you know spent most some of your childhood in England as well which I think contributed to why you felt so familiar to me yeah I had read this script and I was like oh my gosh she's so smart she's so funny we're gonna be such good friends she's British this is gonna be great and you showed up and you also seem like a very competent adult which I have to say you're a lot younger than me when I really think I don't think about that often but you're like 10 years younger than me you're just like incredibly you got you started in the workplace very early and very young so you seem you're like emotionally more much older than you than you are chronologically (laughs) I'm trying to embrace my inner teen more that's my post-pandemic goal like adulthood is overrated I'm going right back to to teen (laughs) I mean, obviously, we both have like, you know, larger friendship circles that are made up from, you know, people that we've gone to school with and people that we've gone to college with or people that we've met professionally or just met out in the world. But is there, you know, what's something from this friendship that you don't necessarily get from any of your other friendships? You know, okay, we talk about this a lot. A, you're just, I I feel like we just have a mind meld. Like we have, um, in many ways, we're wired the same. We're very hard workers. We're very hard vacationers. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Pri is the only other person in Los Angeles who understands that taking a month off in summer for vacation is the bare minimum. It's crucial. Like, yeah. Like, what what do you do? What's the point of being a writer if you're not taking a month off in summer? Like, I don't make it make sense. The whole point is the flexible schedule. And also, how can you work as hard as we do? I mean, Camilla and I always have 
four to five jobs going. It's true. It's just we can't help ourselves. We just keep saying yes to things and then freaking out. And then we take a one month off, as Camilla says, to stare into the middle distance. And so, A, we're wired the same. But, B, we talk about this a lot. We both came up um, in our lives, in school, in um, in our early work, in very um, white spaces. We came up in yeah. very white spaces. And so a lot of my peers were not um, people of color and certainly were not women of color. I came up in a, a very male-dominated space as well, so it was a lot of white men, which was fine. You know, I have a lot of white man friends, but um, Camille and I bonded over that, and immediately it felt like you're taking a corset off or you're t- your heels off at the end of the day or unsnapping your bra, and you can have, like, a real conversation about how about the weight of the world yes and just also just you know enduring the weight of um often being like the only one within like a friendship group um which is something that happens when you you know work in like and like work in environments or educated environments which are predominantly white in that you just you know automatically have like some predominantly white friendships and it is this um there is a bit of a shorthand in that you do just kind of see each other. You're just like, oh, thank God. Okay. (laughs) And we found through the podcast that we have that, we get to extend that feeling because we invite on other women of color. It's just like everyone gets to sort of unbutton their jeans and go for it. Yeah. And it's so, that's exactly it. The unbuttoning of the jeans is such the perfect way of putting it. And, um, and it's honestly, I do think that like the, the podcast has, and all, through our conversations with other people and other women, it has, like, it's. I feel like it's expanded our own conversations that we have with each other and also just our understandings of our own experiences too. Um, and for that, I just think it's just been like, aside from being like really fun and we like really enjoyed the audience, it's, um, um, I think it's just been a gift to, I mean, for me personally. Yeah, I, I agree, because I think we can be like eyeliner, moisturizer, patriarchy. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so what is one of our longest running inside jokes, aka personal memes? Hmm, there are areas. Yeah, we definitely have areas, and they are, I mean... The umbrella of men is too headache. That's... <laughs> men is too headache is a big one definitely um men is too headache um just (laughs) oh gosh men is too headache i think um like some of my best friends are men you know some some of my some of my favorite husbands are men um also being i think one of our kind of long-standing like jokes or just like areas is the experience of being like non-white women being married to white men and specifically white americans and uh you know and it's you know our husbands are so sweet and so kind and so thoughtful and it's um but this this melding of experiences and worlds is um it's a rich area <laughs> it's a very it's a very rich area and um we adore our husbands and we both have real problems um showing our vulnerable sides so i think think we both talk about our love for our partners as though we're like bleeding out and how awful it is how awful it is to care about someone is another just kill me endlessly distressing i think we text back most like you know it's like i can't but like i I got a dog um at christmas and i'm 
like the amount of times I think I've texted Priya, I'm just like, so this is what it's like having to like love a child. This is, it, this is agony. This is excruciating. I didn't like, why did I invite more love into my life? This is terrible. <laughs> now I have so much to lose. Exactly. Exactly. The stakes are so high, Camilla. Yes. It's the worst. Um, has there ever been a time when you worried your friendship might not, no. <laughs> it might not make it? No. No. It was really, I think like maybe briefly for a second, I think when you were going, when I knew that um, you were having um, your second child and there is often that worry when you are the person in the friendship that doesn't have children, that when people have multiple children that they like, you know, the f like the family friendship circles become more dominant and you, you just see them a lot less. And I was like I think I was like I was like vaguely worried in the back of my mind that that could happen and in fact the opposite happened and I think I see you so much more like post her being born and um and I think it also coincided with like we started doing the podcast as well and so we were spending more time together then and um and yeah but I think that's even I think that's probably the closest that I ever kind of felt like I was like oh is our friendship going to change but in fact it just kind of maximized and I just and oh, and I just love this. I love this little girl so much. She is this. I mean, she is so you. <laughs> she is just. <laughs> this morning, I, dro I dropped her off at her preschool camp, and as she walked in, they tried to. One of the preschool teachers tried to hold her hand, and she said no. And they were like, "Oh, sorry." And she was like, "I can't hold your hand. I'm holding my bag." <laughs> It's just like, bye, mom, and walked in. Didn't even look back. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, the contempt for, like, someone who can't keep up. <laughs> someone sent around this great meme, which was like, I wish I could hold all of my best friends when they were babies, and that's how I feel when I spend time with your little girl. I'm just like, yes, <laughs> I get to, like, be in the company of what baby pre was like. <laughs> She's so cheerful. Um, but that's so funny that you say that because I have heard of that happening. And I certainly have less like time on my hands to socialize than I did before kids. But I'm so immersed in my children every day and every aspect of their day that like I seek out experiences that aren't my children. <laughs> so like yeah. you have only grown in value to me. Like you were already a friend I adored. And I'm like, ah, I can escape. <laughs> It's so yes. wonderful. Like, here's someone who doesn't want to talk about, like, I don't know, poop or, like, the new kid, organic kid mattress. Or, like, I don't care. I don't care. They're all fine. The kids are fine. You know that the only time I ever want to talk about poop is when it's in relation to um, our nutritionist. That's it. That's it. That's the, that's the one exclusion. <laughs> Does your friendship have any third rails, topics you just don't touch with each other? Is there anything we don't talk about? Well, I mean, I think we just established that we do talk about each other's poos. So that's, um, I think that's probably quite interesting. <laughs> <laughs> we had an entire conversation um, about buttholes last week. <laughs>
<laughs> Buttholes, race, gender, <laughs> eyeliner. It's honestly, I do think, you know, the the podcast has enabled, like, I think has enabled us to be able to talk about pretty much everything. And I do feel that, you know, having this, um, you know, having this space where, you know, we're actually having to, you know, like the whole point of it is to talk about, about stuff makes it like it makes it so much easier and for two people who aren't particularly good at being vulnerable it has um really opened up that space I think for me and I just feel a lot safer being able to like say pretty much like anything to you or kind of talking about something and I do think even in like in the summer last year during um the troubles and you know and I think that (laughs) you know even as you know the identity of our podcast is you know that we are two women of color but last summer being very specifically about the experience of what it is to be black in this country or you know worldwide and there's still you know there being a difference in experiences between being an Indian woman and a black woman and but even I think that with even in the in the in the like in the difficulty of that conversation, having had the podcast behind us and being a, and having had those, you know, that entire year of be, of talking about so many things made it so much easier to just, yeah, to just work through stuff. Yeah, I agree. I think we had a lot of tricky conversations that we maybe wouldn't have had, and and things that and just that we might uh, we had a lot of tricky conversations that we might not have been able to have if if we hadn't set the foundation with the podcast because we have a lot of really tricky conversations about race and there are times when I might overstep or like not know about something and you fill me in or there are times when you might not know about something and I fill you in so we've covered a lot of tricky ground not that we're always we're always making mistakes and I think we're very comfortable with that and even last year when all the all the troubles were happening um, and, um, you know, I was joking with Cam, like, when is everyone going to learn that I'm not their black friend? Like, this is not, this is yeah. not my moment. And I, I don't want to suggest that you find a black friend, but maybe you need to, because I'm not here to be your divining rod. Like, what is wrong with you? Um, but at the same time, you know, like, and then we talk constantly about how I, like, I kind of inhabit, inhabit. It's like a, being Indian is kind of funny because it's like white people kind there's a certain kind of white person that that groups me in with like them and then of course there's people color group me in with them and so it's it's just a funny a funny place to be um and 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 I certainly uh, in our space in our spaces where it's still quite um where we're still quite sparse (laughs) unfortunately you know people are like Pre, what do you think everyone's thinking about George Floyd and I'm like it's really not my place you guys (laughs) not my place maybe go read something talk to someone maybe learn go learn make the effort <laughs> it's so bizarre it's so bizarre oh, it's so bonkers it's also, yeah <laughs> what are the privilege and power dynamics that affect your friendship hmm. i think well as i said camilla camilla's the boss of me yeah basically i'm like I- it it goes back and forth because I think it's I, I feel like my relationship is this kind of taking care like taking turns parenting each other. Sometimes That's what it is. Like <laughs> like sometimes you know like I, pre is more often mum. I'm like I feel like I'm like I've learned so much more about I, just like being in this industry, but also just like gosh, I mean like 
watching you be a mother has given me so much of a like I mean it's just it's just constantly breathtaking to watch it because you're also such a good mum and you're just so you know so deeply involved and you just care so much and you're just so thoughtful um and intentional and it is like and actually I remember years and years ago actually like I remember writing in an old diary I came over to hang out with you with them when you had your first child and um and you did something with him and I just remember writing and I was just like that she is exactly the kind of mother I would like to be one day and um and yeah, and I think that going back and forth in terms of like who is like the, like, you know, who is the parent in our relationship, because I feel like you've taught me so much grace and so much kind of just like, yeah, there's like a generosity of spirit that, you know, um, I feel like I am, uh, I'm, that I'm constantly getting from you. And then um, I'm often on the end of the phone saying, no, 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 you need to be a bitch to this person. They're being an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> so it's true I have so no boundaries nice. and you are very very helpful for me as a like my north star when it comes to making work decisions because you've been working in this business for a long time as a creative and while I was an agent and a producer I understand that world I only started writing recently so I'm always Camilla's one of the I was gonna say a few people I take advice from but Camilla is one of maybe three people I take advice from um because she has done it and she's done it well and she's done it with integrity and she works on stuff she likes and all of her writing is great and she can do anything so whenever i have a work question i go how do i navigate this and she knows exactly how to do it so yeah we do we kind of take turns melting it's funny because not many people get to see us melt down yeah it's re it's it really is just confined to our text messages maybe our husbands sometimes um and um yeah like a very very tight circle <laughs> we can't let them see us flop <laughs> like what are we supposed it's like they're all gonna fall apart if we if they see us fall apart which i know isn't true but that's the it's like a matriarch gene isn't it i think it's also like within our other respective circles as well we're both people that um you know other people come to for guidance and for advice and so when we are with each other I think we're able to um be the other side of that for each other yes I agree it's a it's very very comforting knowing you're there when I'm like really really having a hard time what are the values we share as friends long vacations yes <laughs> long vacations um <laughs> um I think things being good, I think like, you know, in our work, I think things being, I think like caring about the things that we make and, um, and also, oh gosh, I think like also just championing other people and other people who are really talented. And, you know, I think that we share that same excitement when we come across someone who is, I mean, I mean, you were doing it actually as your job as an agent in like finding new talent. And when we are enthusiastic about like that is actually quite um that's quite unusual that not everyone does that and people can be quite um a kind of hoarding um their um y you know their, their resources and their tools and i think that we're just very excited about sharing it with as many people as possible and having as many people in the room with us as we can yeah, I, I think we both feel that the more we put into the universe, like the more we get back. And it's not a methodical, it's not a choice. It's just how we're built. We're yeah. built to be excited. Yeah. 
um, yeah. about things and you can't stop us. And that goes, that, that also extends to the people in our lives. Um, you know, I have met most of your really close friends um, and it was like really, and I, and I love them all. And, and it was really distilled for me at your wedding where I looked around and said, you know, these are all incredibly decent, interesting, hardworking, very lovely people. Um, and that was outside of like knowing what they did for work or, you know, all the cheesy stuff that LA people talk about. Everyone was like kind and fun and game and loving. And, um, you've built a really nice community around you. And I think, um, I have worked really hard on that too. And it's nice that they get to intersect sometimes. So, and, and we're, when we feel that way, their family too, we're super close with our families. So, um, so like family, friends work, like we have, we have, we really have shared values. I would say like the biggest difference truly, and the thing that I need to need to learn from you and text you about all the time in a panic is just boundaries. Cause when you're giving, 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 it's I don't, so hard. I don't know how to stop sometimes. <laughs> totally. And it's also, and it's like, it's the, it's, it's active. I, my, I'm, I have to work on my boundaries every single day because it's, very difficult I think when you have um, personalities like ours and that we kind of you know want everyone to be pleased it's very easy to keep saying yes to things and um, and then be completely overwhelmed and whilst it you know I think I say no more now but it's behind every no that looks very easy is like my white knuckles <laughs> going no question mark um and knowing that whenever i ask you for something i always give you an out i'm like if you can yes if you can yes and i do notice you do that and it's so great and i can't tell you how grateful i am for it and it's so oh it's so great um <laughs> but it's practice it really is practice of saying it. just more reps just more reps that's <laughs> <laughs> but Amina's very good at this too. Amina's like mm -hmm. codify it, write it down. This is your script, and she's yeah. I mean, she's a master. Yeah, she's a master at boundaries. Um, what rituals have we developed in our friendship? Let's see. Um, a great tequila-based cocktail. Tequila by the pool. Uh -huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Enjoyed by the pool. I do, lo I do just love our baby swim days. Those are great. Baby swim um, days are awesome. <clears throat> what I appreciate about you, you think kids can be fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like, yeah, come over, bring the kids. It'll be fine. And guess what? Yes, they are fine because the pool is wonderful. Yeah. And the tequila cocktails are wonderful. And the snacks are wonderful. And the kids are also invited. It doesn't have to be like, you know, sometimes you don't have a babysitter. And that's nice, too. I really, really appreciate that. Um, the rituals. I mean, we do the podcast, man. We go to dinner. We yeah. we we have we have drinks. We text um, a lot. Yes, I think our, our rituals are really text messages that start with "Oh my god," and <laughs> followed by something scandalous that we have seen online or that we've heard about within the uh, within our workplace community. We have a lot of threads going at all times, and. And the last question they had was, how is your on-air friendship different from the off-air, offline version? Well, we don't name names on the podcast, I think, is the largest difference. <laughs> <That's> the <laughs> yeah, the podcast is a lot less catty. <laughs> less dishy. Uh, the podcast is very organized. Someone was like, wow, you guys just yeah. go through it. It's so tight. And I was like, yeah, because we have an outline. Yeah. <laughs>
we are writers <laughs> and producers. What are you like? What were you expecting? <laughs> <laughs> like these super tight 40 minute conversations I'm like no dude that's that's all planned out but if you and I start I talking just... we'll go out yeah. we'll go for it we'll go for it like it'll be 45 minutes and I'm like oh my god I have to go yeah <laughs> I genuinely think like I think the beauty of our like the enjoyment of doing our podcast is that we basically just found a space to just do off like just to like perform our friendship just for other people it's like so we just do what we usually do with like a little bit more structure and then and then people listen to it great we really do we have a google document for every episode and so we just type in like all the things that we're going to talk about so it's kind of talking points and when i'm when even when we're not recording and i'm going to see camilla i i have a notes i have a notes in my notes app of things i'm going to talk to her about so i do keep talking points anyway um yeah there's really not that much of a difference exactly it's always like texting back and forth about recommendations or you know questions about like beauty products or just like life things it's like okay i need i like i need someone to organize my drawers like oh i've got the person oh okay i have like this weird spot on my face who's the person that can deal with this and yeah i mean for that part it just it really is the podcast it really is um and that's kind of it that's our friendship that's our friendship in a nutshell we adore each other thanks for listening Thank you so much. This has been an absolute joy, you guys. Um, and we're so excited that Big Friendship is out in paperback. So thrilling. Congratulations. You can find us many places on the internet, callyourgirlfriend.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. We're on all your faves. Subscribe, rate, review. You know the drill. Call us back. Leave a voicemail at 714-681-2943. That's 714-681-CYGF. You can email us, callyrgf at gmail.com. We're on Instagram and Twitter at callyrgf. And you can buy our book, Big Friendship, anywhere you buy books, but we are really partial to independent bookstores. Our theme song is by Robin. Original music composed by Carolyn Pennypacker-Riggs. Our logos are by Kanisha Sneed. Our producer is Jordan Bailey. This podcast is executive produced by Gina Delvac. See you on the internet! <laughs>